plenty of uh, potential uh, moving forward. What was the atmosphere like down at the, the Astros? Yeah, game? the atmosphere uh, it started off quite well. Quite a lot of the uh, rugby players came down, some of the footballers, but then as they dispersed um, to go off to their respective matches, I guess it died down a bit, but there was still quite a lot of fight. The Bromsgrove bench quite loud, but... Mm. The, the Bryson crowd really got behind um, the first team when they got going forward. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of in terms of the 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 end of the cup run, slightly disappointing. But full credit to the girls for getting to where they got to. Right, they played some tough key teams. They had to beat Kings Worcester, having been knocked out by them um, uh, uh, of the of the other cup. So so it's quite some achievement, right? Yeah, they've gone a really long way when with the, the the team that's they've now got the experience now in the next two three years because of how young the team is they they're going to they're probably going to get to the, at least the semi-finals in the mm. years to come which mm. is really positive for the school absolutely absolutely and, and and good to hear that hockey girls hockey is uh going strong um definitely worth mentioning netball again uh, I had some pundits lined up, but they actually turned out they were there is basically a, a netball league game tonight. So our girls are playing so well that basically they're being um, they're playing now in in kind of a Tuesday night uh, competitive league in Blamford, um, uh, which is great for them uh, just to get more exposure to the game um, and play at some club level. Um, but we've had some fantastic results on the netball courts over the last ten days or so, um, essentially. Um, so, well, well, I mean, for for the the under fifteen A's who are a very talented year group in netball, um, had by their standards quite a tough start to the year, uh, losing to um, Camford and uh, Kingswood, but came back with a fantastic result against Parkstone uh, on the weekend, which was great to see. Parkstone Grammar are a really strong netball school. Uh, in general, the netball fixture list is one of the kind of tougher ones of I'd say of the Bryanston Bryanston um sport. Um so great to see from them. Uh but most impressively, uh we have to give a shout out to the Netball First Seven, who I don't know, regular listeners, I don't know if you remember two weeks ago, uh basically we had Miss Evans um and we had uh, Lottie and Lily on this show. Um and they were all basically uh, saying that having lost to Camford in the first game, they're big rivals, they could go on an unbeaten season. And it looks like that is, well, it's not maybe yet fully on the cards, but the, the kind of, the process has begun, so to speak. So they then, that that Thursday, went and beat Claysmore convincingly, 31, 41-19. Um, then Kingswood last, uh, Kingswood, Kingswood on the Saturday, uh, which, uh, again, are a very strong netball school. It's a good win to get that. They beat them 40-25. Um, and then most impressively, I guess, uh, the, uh, they beat Parkstone um, last Thursday, just before Exiat, 26-23. So three huge wins for that first seven netball team um, over over a kind of, well, basically a seven-day period. Um, so that's exciting to see. And definitely, I mean, in terms of when you look down the fixture list, those are three of the harder fixtures. Um, so we'll certainly be keeping an eye uh, on on uh, on them moving forward. I'll just get just going to find out now who they've got up next. I think it's Sherborne Girls. We'll check. So their next fixture is Sherborne Girls. Yes. Uh, uh, on Saturday at a neutral venue. That's interesting. 
Um, I wonder why that is. But anyway, that's on Saturday. Um, uh, and, oh no, sorry, it's a triangular with Sherbourne and Dauncey's. Then they've got Lewiston's. Then they've got King Edward's Bath, Queen Elizabeth Wimborne, King's Bruton, well, and Wells Cathedral. So you'd say that the toughest, perhaps the toughest fixtures uh, on that circuit have been played already for the girls. So here's hoping for um, a strong continuation of the season. Football, I'm sorry to say, has gone a little bit quiet recently. Um, the weather has not been good, uh, which uh, has not been conducive to football. But we're hoping now with uh, the improved state of the pitches um, that moving forward, we're going to get a few more matches on. Hopefully not so many having to cram onto AstroTurfs, etc. Um, so we're looking forward um, to getting some fixtures there bit quiet this weekend it's house football but then moving into next week hopefully with better weather uh we'll expect um a full week of fixtures hugh what about boys hockey what's going on in the world of boys hockey yeah so on thursday we've got a big match against kings bruton um that that should be good that's going to be a a, re a real challenge for us but so far throughout the whole season we've improved massively for the first two games against Sher sherburn and dauncey's we ended up on the wrong side of some quite heavy scores, but uh, against Marlborough, who should in the cup, that who, which should have been a, a really really tough game, we um, we played really well. That's the best we played. We've had some good training sessions, so mm. Bruton could be our first win of the season. Mm. And you know, I've heard on the grapevine there's one athlete who's really worth watching uh, in that team. What's it like playing with uh, Bob S? Uh, as a as a hockey player, yeah, Rob is absolutely mm. sensational. If if you're ever in trouble, it's just where's Rob? Give the ball to him, and he he when if if you ever filled the match and you we've gone back through, he, he's just constantly skidding people, not making mm. them. He he'll get you out of trouble. He he has the vision. He can throw the long passes, and also he mm. puts the goal uh, the ball very consistently in the back of the net. I know both Mr. Morris is are really impressed by him. You know they've said that actually for you guys as well as a team, he doesn't. He's very good at like making sure that everyone's united and make sure he transfers some of his expertise down to the rest of the team, right? Yeah, he's definitely not... He is obviously probably... He's one of our very best players, but that's, that doesn't mean that he's not going to pass. He's just going to try and steal the yeah. pitch. He's He can still see the space. He's putting people into the space. And yeah, he's been playing really well and that definitely rubs off on the rest of the team. Well, that's great to hear. Who have you got next up, Hugh? Uh, yes, yeah, so we got... Bruton, and then I think we got one more match after that before half term. Okay. And then we might have because we got knocked out in the first round of the cup. I think we're into the yeah. the plate competition or okay. the bars. So okay. then we so hopefully still, we still get games a run to in play. that. Yeah, plenty of games coming up. Okay, well that's good to hear. So that that concludes uh, people. Our slightly shortened kind of live update because just for one thing there have just haven't been enough fixtures recently, and for another it happens to be a very busy day of sport today at Bryson, and people are out of action. But we just welcomed actually uh, another pundit to the show, um, Rannock. Welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, and we're we're as a group now going to be talking a bit of cricket. First of all, Bryson cricket. Um, and then moving into uh, essentially a bit of uh, of chat about what's going on in the the cricket world at the moment because things have started to pick up uh, recently. Um, uh, so Rannick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. I should have brought you in because you also play a bit of football. Don't yeah, you? I do. Yeah, I play first team. Nice. And yep. uh, have there, has there been many? Has there been? Have you managed to get out recently? Yeah, I. I mean, at the moment I'm injured. You're injured, okay. But then uh, they have a match tomorrow. Actually. They have a match tomorrow, okay. So there, there we go, people. First, first eleven have a game. Is it home or away? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, it's 
away, I think. Away, yeah. okay. Uh, so for, so we are going to get some football tomorrow. But, uh, Rannick, obviously, your, your, well, I presume your favourite sport is cricket, yeah, right? Yeah, first. Okay. Uh, uh, and so just tell us a little bit, first of all, about your injury. What's what's going on there? Um, yeah, well... The physios think that it's um it's a stress fracture on my on my lumbar on my left lumbar. Okay. Right. Um, I have an MRI scan on Thursday, so based off that, they'll have to see how long I'll be off sport. But at the moment, um, yeah, I'm off. Yeah. Yeah. What's the dare I ask? What's the sort of best and worst possible outcome time wise? Yeah. So they said they have to see how how big the fracture is. Oh, right. Depending on that, um, they said it'll most likely. If it is quite big, six to eight weeks, but if it isn't, probably less than that. Okay, so so in time for the, the season. Season, most yep, important. definitely. Yeah, well, yeah. that's great to hear. Um, uh, but both of you two have been involved very heavily, right, so far uh, in the winter programme. How's that been, Hugh? What, what sort of things have people been working on? Oh, I've really enjoyed it. We've um, quite, People have been having three-on-ones, two-on-ones, one-on-ones throughout the entire winter working on our batting it's you can really strip it down to nothing when it's just bowling machines you can really isolate bits of your technique and work on it so yeah i've really enjoyed that and we've also had regularly on thursday nights net net sessions with most of the squad which have also been really enjoyable to get some proper cricket in. and who's been doing most of the coaching because there's quite a it's quite a big team now of of, of cricket specialists at Bryanston, right? Yeah, we've got the um, Mr. Morris who's been around for quite quite a while. Yeah. Um, he's been coaching for ages, and then we got Mr. Scott who's new in a few years ago. Uh, we've heard about him on the show before, coaching mm-hmm. Middlesex and mm-hmm, now mm-hmm, at the school mm-hmm. working with Dorset. Mm-hmm. And then new in uh, as of September, we've had Mr. Digby, mm. who I think used to play for Dorset, and yeah, yeah he's really added a lot. He. He does my one-on-ones. Yeah, Mr. Digby, he's very involved in the in the Dorset setup. There's also, of course, Mr. Mr. Young, more, younger, more, Morris Younger as well. Yeah, I'm not sure how what, how much involved he is in the winter stuff. Rannick, what have you made of the kind of winter program that's been put on so far this year? Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, we've been having regular sessions every week um, through it, during my uh, t- like school timetable and also when like during prep times i i usually go up to the sports center and have a have a bat with some of my friends mm-hmm. but um yeah it's it's very high quality we we try to do our best and isolate yeah. different parts of our our batting and bowling to further improve for the season that's coming up yeah because i don't know if you two both agree i mean i always think with cricket you sort of you should really try and do all your technical work in the off season right and when the summer comes around just go and play the game, and it's kind of maybe been somewhere, somewhere that Mr. Morris, an area that Mr. Morris has identified as somewhere where we can improve. Basically, making sure our winter, when we're we're coming into the season uh, with our kind of basics and our skill set sorted, and then we just when we get to the season, we're going out and saying we're going to play matches and we're going to put it into practice. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you, you certainly don't want to be trying to strip down your technique if you've got. Um let's say Sherbourne on Saturday and you've just played a match the mm. previous week, you don't want to be having two sessions where you're trying to work on your foot placement or something. Yeah. And so it's yeah, it's much preferable if you can really iron out all the really important parts of your technique. You can sort of um, t- fiddle with it a bit in the summer, but if, you, if you've got a solid base, then that's where, you want you, where we want to be going into May. Yeah, exactly. And it's not far away now. I remember when I was when I played cricket a bit more properly than I do now, you'd sort of start thinking when you get to January and February, start upping it a little bit. Um, boys, 
question then, tough question, I guess. So, what 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 are the what are the prospects going to be like? Do we reckon for? We'll we'll talk about the first team because I know you're both in B, but I think to be honest, you'll both be there or thereabout. Um, Rannick, what do you think? Are you seeing some potential with this group of players? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel I feel that most of our batters and bowlers are are coming like getting their acts together and like yeah. moving um, up in their pers- yeah. like with their own things and. Um, I feel like with the training that we're doing at the moment, um, yeah, definitely when summer comes, we'll be, we'll be up there. Yeah, okay, th- that's good to hear. I mean, the, I guess the challenge, so let, let's think about what the team might look like then. In terms of top order batting, where, where might we be looking? So, Rannick, I pres- yourself will be in there. I was Leo Cook in the year Leo, Leo C, yeah, Leo C will yeah. be in there. The He's a good opener. Yeah. Um, Jack Owen Jack O yeah oh. Jack O will be in there as well potentially although yeah he probably should if Jack's listening Jack I'm, I'm, we'd all like to see you come up and do a net uh, uh, which I think would be quite helpful rather than going out and <laughs> trying to belt it in the first game of the season um, who else is there so we've I'm, got um, probably the only A2 is going to be JP but I think he'll be really good at leading the team through the summer, but then hmm. the year after, so 2024, 2025 summer, we're going to have a really strong team because we've got several A3s, three or four A3s, yeah. and then a, yeah. r- a really large amount of Bs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there are some other people worth mentioning. So, again, a bit like Jack, you know, they're not necessarily renowned for their winter training, but if you'll hopefully Finn and George L will come back into the squad. You know, Finn bowls quick. Uh, George bats well and bowls well. Yeah, um, we've also got Henry T. So that's Henry that's T. Bowling his left arm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so it is a decent squad. Um, what I was, what I've been impressed by, actually, I don't know if you boys have seen much of them, but the D intake. Yep. There's some really decent cricketers in there. Um, I saw on um, on Thursday night. I saw Alfie uh, Alfie A have a little bowl in the net. He looks like a really useful left-arm spinner who could be quite effective um, uh, on e- in English pitches, basically just firing them in, essentially, and seeing what happens. Uh, I hear Ralph is a good cricketer as well. Um, so certainly a good squad to work with there. Rannick, have you played much in English cr- conditions before? Um, no, not, not a lot. I mean, I've been playing yeah. a lot indoors, but... Yeah. I'm not really used to, like, the overcast or anything overcast like that. Overcast yeah. green wickets. I mean, are you... Is that are you thinking about that at all as you prepare for it, or are you just more thinking I'm just going to hit loads of balls and yeah my skills to just I mean obviously I've been thinking about it I know that the conditions are a lot different to how I used to play in Sri Lanka I mean in Sri Lanka most of the matches that we played were we played on mats so it's like okay the the bounce is perfect there wasn't I mean sometimes there would be a low one but it's very rare. So, I mean, obviously, we've been thinking about it. There's going to be a bit more swing. and yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the challenge and just mm. going to continue playing what I do. Yeah, and just, just on that, because I am interested, school cricket in Sri Lanka is absolutely massive. Right? Yeah, it's, it? it's, it's, yeah, it's it's quite big. But I, I went to an IB school, which obviously didn't have cricket. Ah, uh, right. But okay. I, I played club cricket, yeah. district and provincial cricket. Yeah. So I basically played with the... <clears throat> The cricketers from school school teams, but I didn't play for a school. Yeah. But I played at like the district level. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's very exciting to see, and I'm sure we'll all be excited to see how how you how you go this summer. Um. So, boys, I mean, 
what what are the kind of final things people are going to be working on then for the rest of the winter? Is it just now a case of just getting your game ready to go um, before the season yeah, starts? Yeah, I think so. I think so. we're probably going to be more of a transition away from bowling machines to facing real bowlers so you can get into... Actually line them up. Yeah, p- pricking up line and length, working on all, all your shots. And I guess it's also time for the bowlers to start get, getting ready. I don't bowl myself, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you but don't. luckily, yeah. um, but um, I was wondering, you actually, yeah. are there any? Who are the other keepers in sixth form? I'm really not too sure if I'm honest. So you, um, you so yeah, I mean the the yeah the 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 keeper batter slot could be yours potentially. Yeah, uh, unless maybe not the batter. But yeah, but maybe, maybe the keeper more of a, maybe a more of a spec to start with, uh, maybe more of a specialist keeper, and then as you get into a three and a two. Uh, move up the batting order. Yeah, perhaps. yeah. I well, I enjoy keeping. That's I'm probably my favourite. Now, who are the other keepers in sixth form? Yeah, I don't. There's not actually that many keepers in the school, so that is everyone's chance to get into some good cricket teams. Because yeah. in the the year below us, the um, under fifteen side, I think they've got Willoughby, and yeah. then I'm not even sure who keeps for the yeah, under fourteen. So, so, which is surprising because in the modern world of three dimensional cricketers, you'd think that every batsman was basically going to chuck a pair of gloves on and learn how to keep. Yeah, well, the England England yeah. cricket team has Bairstow, yeah. folks, Pope, yeah. Butler, Fussell, yeah. everyone does it. And on that note, let's think a bit more broadly about world cricket then. Um, so, Hugh, have you been following this one-day series against South Africa? Yeah, I have. Um, and I also know that the test team is now at New Zealand. There's a World Cup coming up. So the cricket schedule is getting packed. Um, so, but two defeats in the ODIs for England which isn't great. But Jason Roy, he found his form. He got 100. But the South Africa side is actually a lot better than people give them credit for. Mm, I would definitely. say you've got someone like Razzy van der Dussen who's averaging 70 in ODIs, which is ridiculous. Quinton de Kock's a household name. Temba Bavuma, and then the bowling attackers. It's ridiculous. Right? Yeah, they are a really strong side. I mean, in terms of South Africa, haven't really ever shaken their, their tag of never quite performing to their potential. I'd, I'd say, and this team are a bit like that at the moment in that they've got so many decent players um, but haven't quite yet put it all together. Rannick, have you watched any of this series? This um, yeah, I haven't. I mean, obviously not live yeah. at the moment, but I have been watching the highlights and following it on, on the apps. But yeah. um, we've been seeing a lot of uh, positive signs for England. I mean, although they did lose... Uh, both the games, I, I feel like Harry Brook is, is a player to watch out for for the upcoming World Cup mm, this year. Mm, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, he's he's basically, you know, he was thrown into that 2020 series against Pakistan, right, last autumn. Looked incredible there. Had quite a quiet World Cup um, and then was obviously superb in the tests against Pakistan. And now, you know, it t- it's taken him two knocks to get going in ODIs as well. Hugh, how, how big a player could this guy be for us? This guy could be in- sensationalist. Him and Johnny Bairstow are pretty much the only batsmen playing, or maybe only players playing all three formats consistently. Mm, and he's yep. looked class in all of them. Uh, this this guy could genuinely be the, the next Jeru, but, uh, but he might not even be able to fit in the test team, which just shows the strength <laughs> of England critic, cricket. But in the next five years, he's going to be a regular for England. He could be averaging well over 40 in test cricket. Mm, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm, I've been particularly impressed by the way he just seems to, he seems to be so adaptable. Like, like a good player of seam bowling, but also you know, superb player of spin. Like to go and do that in Pakistan um, 
uh, on different sorts of wickets. You know, there are some flat ones, some that turned a bit more. But just like the footwork as well, the the way he's able to go off the play spinners off the back foot. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Yeah, like, it's a real like it's not. I don't know why it's kind of a, a skill that's gone out of the game a little bit of batsmen like rocking back and like just smashing the ball off the back foot like he does picking up length yep. really quickly. Um, so for me, yeah, that's been something like a real, real good sign to see from him. Someone else who always brings with him a bit of excitement, Jofra Archer, kind of a low key return for him. Do we agree, boys? Yeah, I think so. But he, he'll be targeting the World Cup, and he said he wants to bowl in the Ashes, and if that's that uh, if he can play some four-day cricket for Sussex, he might even end up playing with Steve Smith um, during the summer in the warmth of the Ashes. Yeah, that could be quite... That, yeah. that would be really good. That's That would get people watching county cricket. And also, you, you if you can rotate Joffre Archer and Mark Wood, always have a 90-mile-an-hour threat in your attack, then that's going to be really good for England. Yeah, I'd say I agree entirely with that. And that's where England's bowling attack does tick the boxes in that we do have quite a lot of cover, right? So... You know, we've got those bowlers, you know, the classic green wicket, seam and swing bowlers, as in Broad, Anderson, Wokes, Robinson, Robinson Potts. Potts. That's like, they're, they're all pretty yep. good, right? Uh, and then, but then we've also got the quicks now as well. So, you know, if you want to, and I suggest for England that you never go in. I don't think we should ever be going in with Broad, Anderson, Robinson, basically. Yeah, it doesn't matter how green the pitch is. There's going to be a point where you're going to have you're Marnus going to and Smith a... stuck in the middle. Joffre's going to yeah. break them up. Mark Wood's going to break them up. Yeah, and I think, you know, like... And you might say, well, what about Ben Stokes? Because he can do that job as well. But, he, you know, he's... It seems a waste not to not to unleash one of those quick guys in there. Stone as well. He's he's pretty pretty sharp. Yeah, they all three of those have been hampered by injury. So to have three ninety mile an hour plus bowlers is good, because if they're all only all only going to play two matches, maybe three at most, then that's going to keep their workload really well managed. Yeah, I guess probably our weakest area. Like we kind of moved on from one day cricket here to test cricket, but that's fine. I guess our our weakest area is probably our spin still. I mean, Jack Leach, what do we make of him? Rana, have you seen much of Jack yeah. Leach? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember in the 2019 Ashes, he was he was actually quite good. I mean, he was a solid yeah. night watchman as well. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, he's he's not the worst, but he's, I mean, he's been playing test cricket for a while now, and I think that um, he's been solid for England, but yeah. I feel like we need someone like Nathan Lyon or someone like that yeah. who would take that spin bowling a bit further than Jack Leach has at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he's the kind. He's cre- his, his career's kind of crept up up on us a little bit because he has managed to take a hundred wickets in Test cricket, seemingly without really ever ever dominating a series. Um, and you know, he does a good job, uh, but that might be an area for improvement. He's been really well used by Ben Stokes, is yeah, what I would say. True. But someone like Matt Parkinson's gonna get you the wickets. Although, although I don't personally rate Jack Leach as high as as highly as some of the other spinners in England. I think he's going to give you the control in, in England, which allows your um, pace, pace bowlers to take all the wickets. And I imagine the pitch is going to be extremely green in the summer. Mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah, you, th- you think you think England will go for green wickets, do you? Um, well, maybe. It depends. Um, Australia uh, don't quite have the swing. they got some seam, they got some pace, but... I do think that that's historically been England's strength and 
Baz Ball is probably going to manage to blunt any movement that they get, but Australia, they might struggle against a, a ball nipping from Jimmy Anderson. Yeah, I, I just, just the idea of facing Stark and Cummins and Hazelwood on green, green wickets doesn't yeah. doesn't sound overly appealing to me. Rannick, is, are you, what, what do you make of this current Australian team? I mean, to my mind, they're... They look pretty good for any conditions. Yeah, I I watched the the recent the test the documentary that they mm. put out and and the way that they brought that team from when they lost their captain and their their coach to bring it up to the point mm. that they're in at the moment. I mean, it's it's an incredible job what they've done. Cummins is an absolutely incredible captain and mm. he's guiding he's guiding the team in the correct way with with more experienced players around him. Mm. Uh, I feel like he's bouncing off them perfectly and. And taking them, taking them further up in international cricket. Yeah, and I just think if you look down that team, there are no real weak links anymore. They've managed yeah. to find that rare thing for a test team of having five batsmen in well, in relatively good form. You know, you'd say actually out of all of them, David Warner was probably the one struggling the most, but even he went and belted a double century um, uh, in their home summer. But you know, great to see as well in terms of diversity in Australia that Usman Khawaja really now feels that he's like I, I don't know I mean I don't know if you've seen this he basically he's basically come out and said like he really feels Australian now and feels like the Australian public yeah. and the Australian cricketing community are kind of giving him his dues which I mean you have to say is is true because like he's been such a good player for so long um, has always had a very decent record and just sort of kind of unluckily almost kind of got dropped but then has come back so good. And, and I mean, his stats this year are unbelievable. So if you throw him in there with obviously Warner up top, you've got an incredibly experienced opening partnership. Labashane and Smith coming in three and four. Ridiculous. I mean, and then when you're not done with them, you've got Travis Head and Cameron Green, who's supposedly the next best all rounder. Yep. So it, it kind of ticks all boxes of top six. Yeah. They do have the perfect balance in a test side. I think that's going to be... India are probably the other big test side at the moment. England have had a good mm. nine months or so, and it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up. Mm. But India have been considerably good. Going to India is probably the ultimate test for, yeah, for a cricket yeah. side, especially Australian. To go to the subcontinent and try and beat them, that's going to be a real challenge, and that's probably going to see how how great they really are. Yeah, I mean, do we think this Australia team can actually go and, go and win in India? Yes, but I will caveat that with I don't know who's going to be backing up um, Nathan Lyon because yeah. they've got Ashton Agar, they've got some guy in from Shield. Is Swepson got being, yeah, they being got, picked? I think they've picked Swepson, but I don't. They they're not the caliber of a bowling attack with um, Ashwin J Jadeja. Yeah, Jadeja. Akshar Patel is a very good spinner as well. I mean, like, yeah, you're right in that in India. This Indian team and, and and what they've done now, and what they do now is shamelessly a bit like exactly what we do in England. Now we basically prepare pitches that suit our, our suit our attack essentially. Yeah. So whereas when you played in India twenty years ago, it would turn on the final day and you'd have a good batting track for four days. They will probably prepare absolute dust bowls now. Um, Rannick, what what do you make of this current India team? Like, are they are they going to be too good for Australia at home? Do you think? Um, I feel like Australia can can beat any team um, yeah. on on their day. I mean, like their their planning and yeah. and the preparation that they go through. Like, they have different yeah. 
um, different methods of training for a subcontinent. They have like plastic bottles or something on their pitches. Yeah. And they do some incredible stuff to get prepared. But um, I feel like the experience and and uh, like, yeah, the experience that the Indian team has playing in their own country is definitely going to be quite, quite tough for the Australians. But you, you, you can never know. Yeah, you can never know. And I guess I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna find a sort of weakness in the in the in the Indian team, you'd probably say there are a few spots in the batting lineup with a few question marks over them. We haven't yet seen whether Kohli will translate his returns form in, in white ball cricket into test cricket. Would we agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Well let let's see. I mean like they're they're you know, I mean it's in Indian conditions. Ashwin and Jadeja genuine generally do a very good job, and mm-hmm. there are very few batting lineups so far who have yet managed to find a way to deal with that. I've just got a feeling that 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 some Australians will score big runs this series, yeah. though. I just think like Steve Smith is in that point of his career where where you know he's 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 now beyond. He, it's 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 hard to find words to describe how good he is. Really, I think these two next two series, India and the Ashes. If he if he scores big runs in those, that's pretty much going to secure him a tom, in the top level. Top top echelon. Top of level of I mean, Australian like, cricketers. Yeah, all all cricketers of all time. He's averaging sixty or something. So. If he has and a that's, good two that's series, that's not here. over a very that you know that's now over what probably ninety test matches. Yeah. So a decent, uh, you know, and uh, you know, a decent, ha- a decent chunk of games, and to maintain those high standards uh, uh, for so long. Right, chaps. Well, is there any other cricket we need to talk about? Oh, some women's cricket. Yeah, we, we got the women's w- World, women's World Cup, Cup coming in up in a couple of weeks. Uh, England have won, I think, both their warm ups. Again, uh, are we? Can we? Can we really look past Australia for that? Uh, I don't think so. I it have to be a, a really big upsetting because I. It's twenty over. It's a twenty over World Cup, so I think that gives the biggest chance of, of getting Australia on a bad day because twenty twenty it can come down mm. to, a couple of missed hit balls, a run out, or something. Uh, one player has a really good four overs, but um, I, I Australia are almost certainly favourites, but India and England will be scrapping um very very hard. Yeah, in women's cricket, probably even more than men's cricket, the the big three sort of, are the power players at the moment. You're right in that that Australia team has been very successful for a very long time. It's been a very long time since England have actually... We had a lot of early success in the early days of the women's T20, but haven't quite recaptured that. I'm trying to remind myself where... Is it in South Africa? Yeah, yeah, it's in South Africa. It's Um, in South Africa, okay. So so there have been three England teams out there because there's also the uh, England under-19s have just... Uh, lost to India in the, in the final, final of yeah. the World Cup. So that's really good for the future of um, English cricket. Absolutely. Uh, and on that positive note, chaps, I think what we'll do is we'll we'll pause from cricket, but thank you very much for the chat, boys. No worries. Um, uh, and I'm sure we'll all be, well, will we be glued to the final dead rubber um, <laughs> one day against South Africa? Maybe not. But I think I might have lessons, but, but if but, I didn't... But we'll, we'll definitely be watching, uh, uh, we'll definitely be watching Australia play um, uh, India um, in the next coming weeks. That first test is in Nagpur 
at 4 a.m. on Thursday, the 9th of February. So that's one to get set your alarm for and get in the diaries. We're going to play a little bit of Andy Williams, uh, a song recommended to us by Bry Radio legend, really legend, Bry Radio regular and maybe legend, uh, Zandy. Um, Let's hear it. You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off you You'd be like heaven to touch I wanna hold you so much At long last love has arrived And I thank God I'm alive You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off you Pardon the way that I stay There's nothing else to compare The sight of you leaves me weak There are no words left to speak But if you feel like I feel Please let me know that it's real You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off you Welcome back to Bri Radio's special birthday edition of Sports Talk. I should clarify, it's not Bri Radio's birthday, it's Sports Talk's birthday. Because this time last year, we were first on air. The time, listeners, is five to nine. Um, and we, we've just got some uh, listener interaction, uh, interesting to hear. Basically, uh, uh, 
Uh, Mr. Mills has got in contact and said, great show as ever. Loving the Pullen versus Hugh cricket knowledge off. And Mr. Vincent has declared Hugh the winner of that. He said, no competition. Hugh wins hands down. Hooray! Maybe one, 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 if we really, really struggle for any other pundits, Hugh, one day, we just literally talk cricket or the week of cricket until we literally run out of stuff and then that would we'll take decide, quite a long time then we'll though. decide who who's who's the true who's the true walking wisdom uh, 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 we might have to set that uh, one time one sport which you definitely know more than me uh, about though is a rugby and for if you're a rugby fan if you're a bit of a sort of part-time rugby fan like myself this is the this is the time of year where you sort of come out you sort of emerge from the emerge from the wilderness a little bit, um, and uh, because of course it's the yearly uh, uh, winter to spring uh, jamboree of Northern Hemisphere international rugby that is the Six Nations. Hugh, what 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 have we got in store for the first weekend? First week. Let's talk. Let's go through the fi- fixtures fairly systematically. So, opening fixture of the championship: Wales versus Ireland. In years gone by, you'd say this might be a championship deciding game first up but probably not this no. year am i okay to say that uh yes <laughs> sadly what, what, um, as a I wells would, hat fan what are, you, what, what are you hoping for out of this game i would say that uh warren gatlin coming in he might make a difference he's uh, not been on the international circuit in a while and i imagine he'll have some fresh ideas obviously he's been quite deep in world rugby for a long time and he's announced his team early which shows confidence and it's it's a it's a really really good side um he showed some um, confidence in that Joe Hawkins and Jack Morgan, the sort of younger players. He's also got um, Alwyn Jones is back in, Dan Bigger, the real spine of um, his Welsh side. Okay, so he's sort of going back to the future a little bit in that <laughs> going back to what he knows best to make sure to make sure uh, 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 Wales get the job done. Are you, are you happy? With, it sounds like you're pretty happy with that approach then in terms of in terms of going back to what. Warren Gatlin knows works for him essentially, and picking those experienced, proven Test match rugby winners effectively. Yeah, I was quite disappointed that Will Rollins has gone off to France, but I that does sort of leave Alan Wynne Jones as the next cab of the rank. Korshinzer probably could have been given a start, and Dafford Jenkins on the bench is really good. He's captain's Exeter. He's nineteen years old, so he's one to watch for the future. Great to hear. And and what is a sort of reasonable best case scenario? For Wales in this in this championship, I mean, as a Wales fan, what would you come out? The come the end of March, what would you be really happy with? Well, I think beating England, obviously, I would yeah. love that. <laughs> I packed out Principality. That game's always sold out. But um, to be honest, losing to Ireland and France is sort of inevitability. We could we pushed France really close last year. We could hold on to Ireland, but um, teams like Scotland, England, and Italy they are beatable. But whether Wales will beat them is a different question. And and Ireland, I mean, probably championship contenders. Um, yeah, definitely. The uh, f- game against France in week two is probably the Grand Slam decider. Um, yeah, I would probably bat them to go all the way. What is the what are the real to to like the untrained rugby watching eye? What would you say are the real strengths about this Irish team? Because they're not they're not particularly you know they're not unlike the French. They're not a team you'd say oh watch them and you'll love every minute of watching them. Right, a bit a bit like South Africa. What would you say, Hugh? Is 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 this is so good about this Irish team and what just makes them get the job done? They're su- just such an efficient team. Their set piece is clinical. They've got just so many in phase play. They've just got so many 
plays that they can call, running stuff through Johnny Sexton. Yeah. Their back line is, um, it's not a flare, it's not particularly dangerous, but it's just so good at getting someone into space who can run. And the pack is probably the, one of the best in the world. They've got jackal threats, yeah. big tacklers, line-out forwards. Yeah. It really really is um, probably the best team in the in the world. They uh, deserve that ranking. Okay, and once so once we've had our sort of lunchtime extravaganza of Wales v Ireland, uh, we then go to Twickenham for the Calcutta Cup for what is surely going to be a really explosive uh, 4:45 uh, kickoff. I mean that just screams amazing Saturday afternoon, right, uh, Hugh? Who? What are we looking? What are we looking out for here in this England and Scotland clash? Yeah, it's going to be a big test for. Um... Uh, Steve Borthwick coming in but uh, he probably as a forwards coach he'll probably be looking forward to it. the Scottish pack could probably be beaten up relatively easily yeah. but he's going to be defending the Scottish back line which is going to be his real challenge because Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg are going to probably rip the, rip their line apart. Yeah, and I mean, you, you say that, but and you say that probably presumably as a Welsh fan, but you know, this is a scenario where if you look down, it, it's quite a been quite a, it's quite a rare thing in the last twenty years really of watching rugby that if you look down the Scotland and England sides, you'd say man for man they're pretty evenly matched, right? Yeah, you would say that England are probably going in favourites, but Scotland are always really pumped up for a match especially at Twickenham um the only pro- real problem is probably Gregor Townsend isn't he's not got the um probably caliber or the ability of um the England coaching or the England team mm. and I think that that's probably what's holding them back at the minute after the World Cup um getting a new coach that could really yeah make Scotland as championship contenders in the year 2027 2026 and Hugh, I mean, for England, one of the kind of perennial questions, well, seemingly over the last sort of 18 months or so, is how we line up uh, in midfield, basically. What our 10, 12, 13 axis looks like. I mean, what 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 are the combinations that you think Steve Borthwick will be considering and which one do you think ultimately he should go with? Uh, well, I think Manu Tuolangi will play. He's not been in the greatest form, but he is... He's got the ability to set up quick ball, run through defenders, run round defenders. But given he's not been in the greatest form, he's sort he's not who you want to be picking, but he's who you have to pick because yeah. in the modern world you need a big twelve. Yeah. Um he he might play thirteen and have Farrell and Smith, Smith. as ten twelve. Yeah. Uh Henry Slater's out, so that kind of increases yeah, the likelihood out. of that. Yeah. However, um he could uh pick Hugo Porter, go yeah. as a bit of a yeah. A wild card option, get the Le- um, Leicester Tiger player in. Yeah. And um, then probably pick Farrell at um, 10 because there has been a lot of speculation in the media that maybe Marcus Smith hasn't quite made the transformation to test level that they thought that he might. And uh, Owen Farrell may be the best player to lead England to the World Cup. Yeah, okay, that's all good to hear and, and, and interesting stuff. And then on Sunday, so once we've had our fill of Saturday's rugby, we have uh, a mid-afternoon kickoff: uh, Italy hosting France. Hard to see this going any other way than a fairly comprehensive French victory. Would you agree? Yeah, here? this is probably going to be five points for the French. To be honest, mm. um, George is definitely smiling away at that. Yeah, we will introduce but, uh, George in a second. Uh, yeah, um, Italy. They they've got some good chances here. Yeah, this is the best Italy side in quite a while. Scotland and Wales are targetable matches. I know they've got uh, Wales away in Italy, but um, 
France are going to be way too good for them. And even if they put up a fight in the first half, France um, ultimately will just be too good for them. Okay, George, welcome to the uh, welcome to the studio. Are you going to be watching the Six Nations this weekend? Of course, I am. So yeah. What are you? What are you? What are you? Are you a bit more optimistic than Hugh, or should I say, a bit more loyal than Hugh uh, in in giving England a bit more of a chance? Yeah. Um, obviously, a few nerves going into this weekend. Yeah. You know, Borthwick's first game. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's had to be Scotland, didn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Bit of big rivalry. Uh, yeah, and a good Scotland team as well, as I mm. said. Uh, who would you? Who you would be backing uh, to win this championship? I think it's tough. I think it's between Ireland or France. Ireland or France. I want to say Ireland might just nick it. Yeah. Because obviously they missed out last year. Yeah. By like such a close margin. Yeah, like one yeah, game. yeah. Um, However, I do think France will win the World Cup this year. France will... When is the Rugby World Cup? Is it September. this or yeah, September? September and, October. And is it in... In France. In France. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd, th- you'd think that they would be... They would be uh, pretty hot contenders. I mean, for once... You know, the French have managed to combine that undeniable kind of talent for rugby and flair they have yeah. uh, with with good good um, good structures and a good setup, basically, mm. um, and that's come out of a really good team. Well, great to hear that, boys. Um, George, what you're really here though for is the big uh, foot. Well, one of the normally one of the most exciting days in the football calendar, transfer deadline day. What 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 have been the deals that have caught your eye? Is there is there stuff still out there that we should be keeping an eye on? Um, Enzo Fernandez to Chelsea, hundred and five million, I think. Has it has, has it been signed? Oh uh, well, I think he's having a Chelsea medical now. Okay, he's having a Chelsea medical at that moment. What can you tell us anything about Enzo Fernandez? Because he's well, obviously World Cup winner with yeah. Argentina. Yeah, he won the Young Player of the Tournament. Yeah, um, playing for Benfica. I'm not sure about his. It's gold and everything, but yeah, he looks really good. Looks Actually, the, the match that I watched, um, 105 million. Look, I think Bowley's you know, he's he's spending spending a lot, yeah. You know, he just wants to build this team. I feel like what he's doing is he's sort of seeing players that other clubs are interested in and just taking them, you know, feels a bit like FIFA career mode, but yeah, that's sort of. That's sort of what I see him doing. You know, if, if it works, it works. You know, look at Pep Guardiola and Man City. Look at the money they've spent and the team that they've built yeah. and all the, you know, the success they've won. You know, they've won four out of the last five Premier League titles. So if it works, it works, you know. What I'm wondering, as someone who's not that clued up on kind of financial fair play in the Premier League and stuff, is how have, how have, how have Chelsea able to spend all this money? Is there no kind of limit to what Burley's got? I think there is a per- certain limit. But I don't know if they've exceeded it yet because I know Man City a few years ago mm. broke financial fair play. Yeah, uh, and then they got threatened with a two-year ban from the Champions League. Yeah, but I think you know I think they somehow overturned it. Um, I'm not sure what the price cap is, mm. but I do feel like you know they spent a lot, and I'm I'm interested to see what you know FIFA FIFA say about it. Mm. But yeah. Inter- interesting. What a, what else? I mean, I saw earlier uh, Arsenal. They uh, they were after Brighton's Caicedo, and in the end, they've gone for Jorginho from Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. What do you make of that as a signing? It's, uh, such a shock, honestly. Really? Yeah. I'd, you know, I think Jorginho, like he's he's been a key key player for Chelsea over the years, and sort of seeing him go to like a London rival, it's a bit of a shock. Yeah, I can understand it though. I mean, look. 
Chelsea, are they seventh seventh in the league? Yeah. Going to top 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 spot, Arsenal. You know, if he gets, he could help them. You know, obviously he wants to go win a Premier League title. Um, yeah. And no, I think I think he's going to be great for Arsenal. Uh, he's twelve million. I think it's a bit of a bargain. He's thirty one years old. Uh, he's got that experience. You know, he's won the Euros. He's won the Champions League. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he's what he's what Arsenal need. I mean, he he, he may not start many games. Yeah, but he's sort of a fill-in for you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A reliable midfielder, yeah. right? I'm just reading here. Explain how Chelsea have avoided fan financial fair play sanctions despite January transfer spending spree. Chelsea will break through 600 million in transfer spending under latest ownership if they complete the signing of Enzo Fernandez from ben- Benfica. Um, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read the whole article. But if you want to find out how they're not getting sanctioned for this, go on a certain uh, very well-known uh, sports broadcaster's website, and you'll basically find out all about that. What else, uh, George? What other deals have caught your eye? Anything else? Um, Do you know anything about Ilya Zabani from Dynamo Kiev to Bournemouth? Twenty-four million. Is that a name you know? I don't know. No, I'm I'm intrigued by this because that's again, it's a big money transfer. And I, where Bournemouth have got that money from, uh, 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 I don't know. Have Liverpool done any deals this, this? Only Cody Gakpo. Okay. Only Cody Gakpo. I mean, I feel like he's one of those players that cl- big clubs get sort of excited about after the World Cup. Yeah. They're like, this player's performed for his, interna- his like international team and I see how he's at club level. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to say. You know, he's played like three games. Um hasn't really done much. I mean, he's created a few chances. Yeah. But apart from that, you know, I mean, I I think it might take a bit of time to settle in. You know, obviously, when you go from a PSV to Liverpool, it's quite a big jump. Yeah. So I think just give him time to settle and uh, I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, well, obviously, I'm a Brighton fan yeah. and I'm going to gonna reference the fact that Liverpool have had two tough games against us recently. Yeah. Um, do you, do you? I mean, do you feel like this could be the end of the an era for Liverpool? Is it time to start rebuilding? Is it time to um, press emergency buttons yet? Or we've had we've had a, we've had sort of the same team for the last five years. Yeah, you know, um, sort of Trent's been there for yeah. Henderson, Salah. Yeah, I think keep Klopp if we if we're going to do a rebuild. I think keep him in for at least uh, another like two seasons. Because if you look back at what he's done so far, you know he's won everything that there is to win. Uh, back in 2020-2021 season, um, you know obviously it was a very poor season, but we came back. You know yeah. we, we won the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup. Yeah. What we need is a player like Mane. Yeah. Because he completely changed the mindset of the players and the yeah. whole team, and he yeah. fits straight in. And then we won Champions League, Premier League, yeah. everything. So yeah, I think we're just seeing who who fits in where. And um, yeah, just give Klopp a bit more time. Just mm. uh, this, this sort of next era of Liverpool. If as a Liverpool fan you had all the money in the world and you had this transfer window had been able to buy any player in the world to bring yeah. into that Liverpool side, who would you have? Jude Bellingham, hundred percent. Okay, Jude Bellingham. You know, yeah. uh, there, there were rumours of him coming to us, but recent yeah. form, I think, you know, it's Real Madrid or Man City. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's fair enough. You know, as much as it hurts me. If you're at Dortmund and so many clubs are chasing after you, you know, you know Real Madrid, Man City, then and you, you know, you've got tenth place Liverpool, 
you know, it's sort of set your mind where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. And, and But he didn't actually go, did he, anywhere? This no, no, no. Ago. No, no, he stayed, stayed at Dortmund. Oh, I so think, yeah. he will, he's not going to be there forever, though, one imagines. No, I think in the summer he's going to go. Because they're, they're similarly to, I mean, they're also kind of a, a club that have had great peaks and, and now sort of maybe not quite as good as they once yeah, were. Yeah. Um, this weekend, the Premier League's back. Hasn't been away for too long. And a bit of FA Cup on last weekend. Some big games. I mean, what do you reckon, George, as a kind of neutral fan, given that Liverpool probably aren't in the title race? Do you think Arsenal can hold on to this? I hope so. And win the I title? So. Are, you, are, you, so. are you backing them? I think, I think so. I think, yeah. um, I think Man City have dominated for a long time. And yeah. As a sort of neutral perspective, I sort of want to... I'd like to see Arsenal win it, I think. Yeah, you know, sort of the season they've they've been through. They've sort of suffered quite a lot, and yeah, I think I, I rate Arteta a lot. I think he's a great manager. Yeah, you know, he sort of followed, obviously Pep's guidance, guidance. of how to win a title, yeah, and absolutely. it's obviously working a lot. Yeah. Um. No, but I think I think this is where it gets interesting in the season. You know, can Arsenal keep up this momentum yeah. that they've had for the last few months? Yeah, and it's whether Arsenal. I mean, it's a. I mean. You know, if you're an Arsenal fan, you probably wanted maybe a little bit more to come out of this January window, perhaps yeah, just yeah. to bolster that squad. You know, with where they are in the league, and you know, daylight now between daylight now between them and 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 City. Uh, so they've got a game in hand, and they're uh, and they're still five points ahead of City. Uh, United. Uh, 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 um, Newcastle United, very solid team, but they're probably not going to contend for the championship. And Man U, I mean, good until they were beaten by Arsenal. So I mean, you'd think that you'd think that it's it's probably a two horse race. But that if it were if it were City, I think if you put it switch it the other way around, and City were were up top at the moment with that five point advantage and the one game advantage, you say, well, it's theirs to lose, but. Yep. Arsenal just don't, in recent years, have that kind of pedigree, I don't think. No. I mean, you know, in recent years, we've seen Man City just last, end of the, end of the season, just win every game. Yeah. That title. So yeah. It'll and be interesting push, to see what Arsenal, what Arsenal do. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of Champions League spots, is 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 this the four that we reckon will get, we'll have, to have it? Arsenal, City, Newcastle United and Manchester United? Um, or could you see, could we see maybe... I mean, then you're going Spurs, who have not been on great form. Brighton, who I mean, obviously I'm a big fan of, but would they are they really there yet? And then we're going to Fulham, Brentford, yeah. Liverpool, Chelsea. I mean, um, I'd love to see Newcastle in the Champions League, yeah. but I just don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, yeah. I don't know who they who they've signed. They've signed players from Nottingham Forest. Yeah, it's like you know. Okay, but, is that worthy of top four? And yeah, you know, United the quality they have the four Rashford's on. Yeah, you know, Fernandez, yeah. Martinez, all these great players. Yeah, you know that that sounds like they can get top four. Newcastle, you know, I think they've drawn a few recent games against lower league, lower not lower league, lower of the table teams. So, you know, obviously, I want them to get top four um, as a Liverpool fan. Uh, against Man United but I just yeah. don't don't know if that's going to happen yeah okay well thank you for that George on that note we'll probably uh, wrap up our football conversation I think actually we'll probably 
that probably brings an end, I reckon, to the show. But thank you so much, listeners, uh, for tuning in. Thank you, George, for being a great pundit. Thank you, Hugh, uh, for producing and being uh, uh, a superb pundit. We're going to be back after half term, hopefully with, well, some drier pitches for one thing, so we can get some actually some Brian's and football on the go. Hopefully a few more uh, people available to come and talk Brian's and sport as well. But I hope you've enjoyed the show uh, anyway, our big birthday show. Um, lots of stuff this weekend to get get watching, some cricket, rugby, football, the full works really. Um, so uh, just enjoy yourselves. Keep watching, playing, and most importantly, talking sports.